You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is Some of My Best Friends are Kabbalists. I'm here with Rav Nossin Notoglik from Ashkelon, Eretz Yisrael. Rav Nossin, we've been discussing the last couple of weeks when the search to find your Rebbe, the search to find the person who's going to be your guide. More often than not, it's usually not someone within your family. It's it's usually not your parent. I mean, I, I guess part of what gets me thinking about this is this week's Parsha that we're speaking about, Parsha's Vayetze, um, which of course is the Parsha that puts Yaakov Avinu uh, in the spotlight, uh, really, you know, the, I would say even further than that, I'm sure you agree with me that really Avram and Yitzchak's story are really perfunctorily dealt with uh, in the Torah. Really, Yaakov is Yaakov, and then Yosef are really the the main stories of Sefer Bereshis uh, is Yaakov and Yosef, um, and and Yaakov, uh, especially from the point of Chazal's understanding becomes this symbol of learning, whether it's in last week's oblique reference to Yoshev Olim or uh, in this week's Vayishkav Mokamahu, that he studied in the yeshiva that's known as the yeshiva of shame and the yeshiva of shame and Aver, which again, I, I get the impression there were actually two branches, is, is that Yaakov was there, not studying with his dad. I mean, you would think that mm-hmm. you would think that Yitzchak, who you would think in, so. Yeah, yeah. Yitzchak was a navi. Yitzchak had nevuah. We don't know that shame actually was ever spoken to by God uh, or Aver. And he, these were people that were touched by God, who went through prophetic experiences, who who heard. And Yitzchak, at least being uh, who heard from his father Avram, right? So, and and mm-hmm. yet we have this idea already in our tradition that you become someone in learning and. And in in philosophy, in in mentality, by disconnect, by actually leaving, by going away, you know, the Tzfaris Yisrael famously uh, uh, emphasizes this in his in this parish on Avos Rabbi Yisrael Lipschitz, having Torah that you'll never really accomplish and become who you need to be within the environment of of your family, and. And therefore, you need to be gola to actually grow. But we find continuously, and this is really my point, Nelson, is that yes. the the we talked last week about Rabbi Yitzchak Luria and Rabbi Chaim Vital. We didn't talk about Rabbi Yitzchak Luria's children, although I don't know if he had children that were old enough to be makabel. But I think we find the pattern continuously that it isn't about father to son. I mean, Rabbi Nishalom, there's a mitzvah of Talmud Torah of a father has a chiyav laminus And yet, I think more often than not, as I said before, in the mystical and maybe even beyond, it isn't about fathers and sons. And I know this is something that you've thought about on that issue. You know, Yitzchak is a very, very different person than Avraham Avinu. And looking at it from the from what the Balea Kabbalah said about the Akeda, okay, the Akeda was there really to to transform both Avraham and Yitzchak, you know, to, to be machlil, you know, midas adin and, and midas chesed. So Avraham was this chesed, this compassionate outpouring of love. 
you know, and, and Yitzhak was somebody who wanted to burn the world and take it back to God in a, in a blaze of glory. Yes. And, and you had to somehow balance all of this, balance all this out. So, you know, Avram asked to practically kill Yitzhak in order to, in order to get Yitzhak to integrate that compassion into himself. And similarly, yeah, uh, Avram has to go absolutely against his own, his own mitos and his own beliefs and his own, his own inyan in order to, in order to bring some of Yitzhak's gvura into, into himself. So both Avram and Yitzhak come out of it transformed, but Yitzhak also comes out very traumatized. You know, there's his, his blindness, uh, according to one medrash, at least starts there because he's, you know, because the malochim are crying and the tears of the malochim fall into his eyes and that, you know, that's what makes him blind. Yeah. Another so, version of that is just his pure histaklus b'shchina, the Rabbeinu Bachia quotes. Oh yeah, histaklus b'shchina. He's right. actually stare, but either way, it's either the malochim crying or the revelatory experience of being so close to God somehow. Uh, One way or the other, you know, if you if you if you see a kaddish baruch that clear, it, it eliminates your ability to see anything else. And so, kind of, like Yitzchak's blindness becomes a a metaphor for the for this, his overwhelming kind of uh, of midas adin. And he so so Yitzchak is, I think, someone whose midas adin is of the sort that everything that isn't God is an illusion. It's nothing. It's garnished. And one wonders how it is because it's very ironic that Yitzchak was actually quite successful in bringing bracha into the world. You know, he had, he had his mea Hashem. So Yitzchak is also a conduit for bracha just at, at the very moment that he's also kind of like, I don't know, um, willing to nullify the entire entire universe. Yeah. And, and he's actually the but, first one to give, as far as we know, to give brachos, right? Avram Avinu and Avram Avinu's death. In I didn't say that Avram Avinu gave, gave, any, gave brachos. any brachos, right? He, he, here he is in Chayasara dying. He's giving gifts, Right. Um, God is right. giving brachas to Avram, but Avram, in his in his last his last sort of moments, the way we hear about him, you know, basically, what do we say that uh, he's giving him presents, right? <laughs> he's giving he's giving yeah. matonos to everybody. He's giving everything he has to Yitzchak. Of Yitzchak's name is very much aligned with what you're saying. Yosha b'shamayim v'Yitzchak. In other words, there's this idea of everything here you can laugh about because the reality is so tenuous. You, you laugh about right. things when you realize how what, what's with you is really ridiculous, right. even though it seems to be, you know, so crucial and important. So serious. And, you know, you, you know, there's practically uh, Gemara Mephoreshes on this, by, when the meaning of, of, of Yitzhak's name is, you know, when, when, when there's no longer any forgiveness that can be achieved for Am Yisrael, either from either from Avram or from or from Yaakov, Yitzchak comes in, you know, and says, "Well, you know, how bad can people be? Look, you know, half their lives they spend sleeping. You know, the other the other quarter of it, the, the time they spend eating. Okay, so so what's left? Ah, this is so that there's not much time left. I'll take I'll take half. You take half. Split it. Well, you know, and but that but Yitzchak's ability to make light of sin is also Yitzchak's ability to make light of reality you know so I, so i'm gonna add one thing but like you know I, I imagine yitzhak is being in his own way a very jolly character but behind that jolliness is a tremendous um you know carbon oil attitude towards towards the world and the universe and life it's just you know it stays inside of his head you know it doesn't it doesn't seep out which is why it isn't so destructive 
and therefore, ironically, his his attitude um, becomes a, a a source of a source of bracha. You know, he's also the, he's also in a way a lover. Avram never says in the post. Oh, yeah, Avram, yeah. A, Avram doesn't love Sarah. Uh, well, that's two things. First of all, he loves her before he's fooling around with her. He loves Rivka, right? He, he loves her. Right. He can actually, it doesn't say in the Torah that Avram, it doesn't say that Avram, this was someone that he loved. Uh, he cries for her, and he's obviously after right. her death. But Yitzchak, Rivka, he, he welcomes Rivka into the OL, and it says he loves her. Right. And then, of course, and, as it says, and they're mitzachik, and they're mitzachik, which of course, you know what Chazal, that means? Yeah, Chazal say right. that this is where this is where Avimelech understood that this wasn't brother and sister over here. This wasn't the hillbillies right. in, in the in you know. And it's very very. In the he's really the only place. In the, so so I, that's really interesting. It's interesting that that this would be a person who could be in Chazal's eyes. The Pusik is, is 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 clearly stating that he was a lover and a, a, a person who is engaged in sort of sexual activity openly. I mean, this is I remember the Mafarshe Apshat are asking, "Ooh, how could uh, Avimelech see that? Wouldn't wouldn't Yitzchak have been much more discreet in terms of his uh, you know his, yeah. his his actions?" But 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 it's still interesting how you you would usually expect I'm a carbon. All I am is about God. I am. I am completely, um, you know. Uh, um, he, clearly, after the Akedah, he wasn't that. There was that element of Chesed that he had, somehow balanced with his recognition that nothing really means that much, that turns him into the the ultimate lover, right? The ultimate lover because were, yeah, a source of baracha and a person with the, with his with a certain. I don't know, happy attitude towards things. So it is, it is, it is very curious. I don't think that we you know we've gotten to the gotten to the bottom of, of Yitzhak. I kind of understand why he would be let's see, why he would be favoring Asav over Yaakov. Okay. Because Asav here is your is your is your wild man. And I th- I think that also Yitzhak would have a problem with civilization as such. It's maybe civilization is one of the things that needs to be washed away and we need to return to a much more natural state of being so you see that Yitzchak is also associated with uh, with the field you know so you know Avram is is associated with mountain as you know Avram was called the base of the a mountain because it's transcendent you have to climb up it you know Yitzchak is the field he's out there he's wild it's untamed um and uh and uh I mean, you could say that that Sade is a is a is a is an agricultural field. Yes, but that's not quite the point. No, because because you know, Asaph is also wait, an Ish Sade, let, and they have let, that in common. Let, let's say it better. It's not that it's the forest. It's not the Yar, but it's not with people building a city around it. In other right. words, it's certainly it, not a city. It, it's a place that humans visit in order to reap the benefit of what the earth could bring, but it isn't necessarily a place, a home. To and 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 the rules there are not the rules necessarily of of, of how a society and how a, a village needs to function. It's 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 a it's sada. Not, it's not yeah. a social. It, well, as, you know, listen, a sada can have one of can have two meanings. Generally, when you come across the concept of sada later on, it's a it's an agricultural. 
and therefore that's a, you know that's a different kind of thing. Like people think that you know, Kabbalah Shabbos Basada is to go out into the wilds and in nature. No, it's not. Okay, it's it, it's it's a it's a ru'ah, not a not a sadebur. But in the case of in the case of Yitzchak, I think you can make Shava sade sade by by Esav, you know, because Esav was an ish sade, and that's already the wild sade. That's the sade where you where you where you go hunting. And so I think that that's or, or to that, steal. That a tendency that or, or, or to rob or to rob from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, so I, I think I think I do understand why on some level Yitzchak was was more in favor of of Asaf because somewhere along with his attitude of of deconstructing things and and you know, some sort of inner fire that returns everything to, to nothingness. Okay. Human civilization is the main obstacle in his mind to, to coming to that, uh, you know, to coming to that feeling. And therefore Yitzchak, I mean, Yit, therefore Yitzchak had a kinship with, with Esav. And by the way, you know, Esav's ability to wear the clothes of, uh, of, uh, of Adamarishon, you know, and, and somehow be maintain contact with animals. Okay. So that also figures into what to that mythology. Jacob are really, really different people. As different a person as as Yitzchak was from Avraham, Yaakov is also completely different, and he seems to be much more civilized. Chazal, I think we, you know, we point, you pointed this out in our in our you know pre-interview conversation, you know that uh, according to Chazal, when uh, when Yaakov comes back from uh, from Lavan and he he ends up in Shechem, so he actually civilizes them. Says you know you bunch of a bunch of smelly people selling you know selling chickens cows and goats and eggs and bread in their in their living spaces uh, and and subsisting on barter. Okay, right? so so our, Yaakov comes in and makes a tikkun gadol. He's he's matakin them currency and and he advises them on how to how to set up a a central uh, a central area for for economic activity. You know, shvakim tiken lehem, and and lastly, he taught them how to take a bath, and he he built a he built bathhouses for them. So so Yaakov is a civilizing civilizing influence, you know. Right. right. And he's also Yoshev Yoshev So you could say okay, Oholim means a nomadic kind of thing, perhaps. Um, but that also that that in Indian itself um, seems to indicate that Yaakov is. Chazal learned, you know, Yeshiv Eholim. He was he was learning Torah and all sorts of different Eholim. He wasn't staying with his he wasn't staying with his father. So the bottom line is is that is that people have to get people have to get Torah according to their own Shirish neshama, and and parents have a have a, a role in 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 preparing you for moving out and doing that, but it's a preparatory role for what you really need to do. So if you were to ask me, where's you know, where's Vishinantam Levonecha and where's Hevegayla Lemokim Taira? So Vishinantam Levonecha is in the preparatory phase. If, you know, if you don't know how to read, you're not gonna you're not gonna get very far. You know, if you don't know if you don't know the, the basics, the Aleph is a little bit of halacha, whatever it takes to be minimally literate. So that is something that parents are expected to supply. Um, but once you've gotten that, okay, it's very rare to find somebody who actually learns by their parents. And I think that, you know, we both have that experience. Right. And to ascribe this to people as great as the Ovos, obviously. But we know that when we deal even with people that we love dearly, like our own parents, we realize that the frustrations they have when they are trying to give over to their children is immense. 
because it's hard for them to to disconnect and not see the child as what they hoped for, as their chance, as their ability to um, subvert death and to move beyond them. And, and so it, it isn't just the wisdom and the ideas, but why didn't you get it? And and why couldn't you understand it? And and and, and gosh darn it, if if you don't, and get... I explained it to you fifty times, right? I mean, <laughs> right. And, and then you know, then then the then the uh, I don't know what the, the temper flares, you know, and then right. You but why? The because thing. because you expect it because this is you. Isn't this what I produced? Aren't you mine? Aren't you the fruit of my loins? Don't you represent me? And if you can't get it, then in a way, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with myself. I'm frustrated with this this vessel which is supposed to be the extension of myself, which is supposed to allow the wisdom to live beyond me isn't happening. And that causes the, the, the frustration, which of course, many people who've experienced this with their own children are great teachers in the classroom, right? You put them in the classroom, they're Rebbe, they're smiling, they, they give out the, they, they give the tests in a, in a, in a, in a fun fashion. Mm-hmm. They can have the kids over from Ava Malka. They're proud of all their Talmidim. But when it's time, Shabbos afternoon, to learn with their own kids, they discover, you know, this this barrier, and and I, yeah. I think that's I think we 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 all know that to be true. Not everybody is masugal to be able to study with their children, and and really have understood this. This is why we we right as the we made we were we were misakin, despite the midst of teaching Torah, we understood chadarim needed to happen. Right, we Jews understood mm-hmm. this inherently, and. Um, and, and and we the idea of of this phenomena that we expect <laughs> in perhaps normal situations to 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 rear its head and to be rampant in kabbalistic teaching because you would assume oh here we're now talking about uh, the the subtleties beyond this isn't just some frustrated kailo guy you know getting upset at his kid we're talking here about the mukubalim we're talking about people who have already uh, gone through so much progress in their souls to be able to understand this, this, these ideas. Why aren't their children the main uh, students to give over? That I think is is, is fascinating. That's a, that is that is a fascinating thing. I just say once again from the practical point of. Just, just speaking for myself, I never was able to teach my kids when they were when they were little, and the, primarily that was because when I was growing up, you know, there was a lot of violence in the way that I was taught, and I could not, I couldn't go back there. I, I you know, and if I tried to if I tried to teach my kids anything much in 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 Tyra, I ended up getting very, very close to having that blowout of rage and anger that was used against me. So I basically didn't, you know, I, I didn't teach my kids. I didn't really try. I, mean, I did the minimum because they had their partial sheets from, from school and stuff like that. But I, I was really very, very hands off with my, with my children. And I don't think that I could have done it any other way. Um, but Mukubola might say about, about this. So this is something that I, I think that I've heard in Shiura more than I know how to track this down in a, in a specific place. But, um, you know, if you look at it from the point of view of Partsufim, so son and daughter is Zeranpin and Malchut. Okay. And the Zeranpin and Malchut receive their minds. They receive their, they receive their, 
illumination, their consciousness from Abba and Ima. But lurking behind Abba and Ima is, is uh, the partsufim of Keter. Okay. So you have something that, let's say that you can, you can call this Netzachod Yisod of Abba, you know, Netzachod Yisod of Chokhmah, and Netzachod Yisod of Bina, and the two of these kind of fuse together and mesh and become something called the Tselem. Which has three madregas, tzadi, lamed, and mem. But that's don't want to complicate things too much. This is this is what this is what Zerampin gets from Abba and Ima. But what has to be mitlabesh in that selam is Zerampin's own mochin. So one of the thing, one of the parts of the processes, which actually has to do with the kavanas of Kriyashma, is that Ima, you know, completely empties out the. So she empties out her tselem in order for the lights of Zeranpin's own personality to come in there. And then that is what gets, so to speak, um, I know, bad bad word, but I'll say it, injected in through Zeranpin's mochin. And therefore, Zeranpin has a tselem from Abba and a tselem from Ima, but his essential light, his essential identity, his essential mind is 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 his, and he gets that from higher up places, including from from Iran Saif. So, if you look at that in the human point of view, you have to realize that you know parents are extremely important for for a child's birth and development, ain't hachinami, but but they can only provide the you know they can only provide the external sense of the of the tselem. They can't provide a child's inner identity. And the more you have the ability to recognize that and understand it. But I think what happens, and I see this, you know, with the Rishonim that I live with, um, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier the uh, the Ramban's uh, legacy. You know, the Ramban is, is really the, the the beginning of of the mystical tradition in, in Svarad, things that he was macabre from, uh, the Chachme Provincia and Rabbi Sagi Nohar, and the Ritva writes later that we're happy. You know, the the Ritva was was responding to criticism that that no, oh, all you people are just Ramban, and all you do is no Ramban. You're just saying over the Asodas of the Ramban. He said, yeah, that's that's what we're about. He was this great, this great, great, this great giant. And you know the Ramban not in his parish on Chumash, of course, and his his other works really was 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 in a way Matsudo uh, Pruso Matsudo was Pruso on all of uh, of Spanish Jewry, and the uh, there was a debate between the, the two prime students of the Ramban, the Rashbar of Shlomo Ben Aderes, and Ravarin Alevi. Uh, of who really had the mantle of the student more than the other. Uh, the Rashba produced uh, this incredible work called Teres Abayas, which of course I know you're familiar with, which is probably one of the most essential svarim written in the time of the Rishonim. Uh, it really, in a way, refashioned the whole, Yoridea, of course, is built on it, but more than just Yoridea, the, 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 the derech of, of how to distill from a sugya to get the Psak Aloha, the way it's done and the way it's always the way it's been done, he provides the blueprint for that in, in, magnificent, in a magnificent way, the Teres Abayas. So this was a, a work that the Rashba uh, put his koichas in, in, in incredibly. And the Ra'ah wrote a critical work on this, uh, notes on it, of course, which was which was not uncommon uh, for the Rishonim to do this. And this was the work that was called the Bedek Abayas. Uh, 
which meant, yeah, there's some cracks, there's some things here that need some correction. And, you know, the Rashba felt that many of the statements that the Ra'ah made, uh, he took an affront to it, and he responded in a work that um, technically he published originally, or, well, published it in the way we know publishing, but he disseminated it without his name on it, and that was called the Mishmeres Habayas, the, 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 the protection of the bias, which, of course, uh-huh. was a response to the Ra'ah's criticism. Now, here's my point. One of the rows protects the house from unwarranted repairs, you know, that are get your, get your repairs off of my house. You know? That's right. You are just trespassing and you don't understand it. And the, the invective and the, 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 the passion, the anger, the, the, the stocks, the insults, they, they, they amass fast and furious from the pen of the Rashba. It's one of the most incredible works just for its polemic power of how he eviscerates, how angry he is at the, at, at the gall that the Ra'ah has of questioning him, especially since you know, his work was so magnificent in his mind. Anyway, it, it, it's its own world in itself that you can get lost in. But one thing that comes out clear, a number of times the Ra'ah, in order to defend his position, against what the Rashba is doing, quotes his Rebbe, the Ramban. And he says, we, uh, this was by the Rebbe. This is what the Rebbe had said. That was the, my Rebbe's approach. That was the Ramban's approach, not what this man is doing. Now, of course, doing, the, right. now, of course the Rashba learned by the Ramban as well. I don't know what sort of friendship or frenemies they were studying by Nachmanides, but the Rashba is really upset when this comment comes in. And he says, he thinks he's the student. He says he thinks being a student means to parrot what the, the opinion was without, uh, without swerving, to just completely apply totally that idea and just mouth it, even though in the light of other evidence and other ideas, that's not what a student is. He says, I am the greater student of, of the Rebbe than he is. A student doesn't just... Yeah, you know, go lockstep into whatever the uh, the teacher has put down, and that Rashba to me it, it resonates so wonderfully when we say Talmida Yisur Mikulam, and and of course this is so true when you look in Shas, when you look at the the machleks in between one door and the other, you realize that learning is based on having that amount of individuality to be able to know when to go on an alternate, different path, and to know when you can turn and criticize with incredible, uh, incredible respect. So here's what I want to try to posit. I believe that since that's what a Talmud is, now again, maybe in the world of Kabbalah, there's, we talked about this last time, the subtle differences, but to be a Talmud, yes, there's reverence and love and ultimate respect. And of course, the Rashba had that for the Ramban. But do, but it needs to be, uh, in a, 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 the basis of the connection needs to be one where you are independent enough that you are going to know where you can subtly and sometimes strongly disagree. And, that's, and, and in fact, your Rebbe is going to be happy with what you're doing, because that means that he has clearly not just produced a clone of himself, but what he's done is he has helped fashion an independent creative mind 
And that is something that in a way lives way beyond just another clone of that person. Now, yeah. if what I'm saying is true, then, then it's possible if that's what the great stu- Rebbe student relationship needs to be, the Ramban Rashba, not Ramban Ra'o, then a father and son has all the wrong things in order to make that happen. Because because you cannot separate so much and there's covod and other issues there's back memory there even even what you guilt believe it or not there's yes. you know there's guilt at being different from my father you know my father was this and I'm going to be that and you know um i guess is that you know my father is part of myself okay and if i have to re- officially reject my father then I'm also undermining my own sense of, of uh, my own sense of security, my own sense of, of uh, being somebody because without my father, I basically don't exist. And that, that, you know, that tension is always there. So, you know, how do I, how do I become something other than my father without, without rejecting him? So in the world of, in the world of pirate, it's, it's actually quite helpful if at some point a father pulls back and says, okay, now you have to be who you are, whatever you are, I'm happy with, whatever you are, I can, I can embrace it. Think people, people go crazy, Nebuch, you know, if somebody comes from like, a Litvish background, then suddenly your son comes back from yeshiva and he's a Breslover chassid, you know, and people used to actually sit shiv on their kids for, for Narshkite like that. So maybe a Kaddish Baruch Hu has, has, has twisted things around. Well, you know, you sat shiva because somebody became a chassid of a different Rebbe, guess what? I'll give you reasons to sit shiva for your kids. And then you're not going to be able to sit shiva for them because you're going to have all the psychologists and all the, all the new place of the generation telling you that you have to love your children no matter what. So you're not even going to, ha- you're going to have to sit there and stew with your misery and you're not even going to be able to sit shiva on them and, wa- and wash <laughs> your hands of them. That's definitely a shtickle mita kamita. If you, if you go back a couple of hundred years or, or even, or even a hundred years, you know, you see that the misery that people went through because, oh, my child went to here, my child became this. But they're b'nai tyrus You know why be why be so upset? This had to happen. So we're kind of, I think, getting a little payback on that point. And I'll I'll try to be quick about it. Um, I I learned by a makubo called Rabbi Shlomo Vakdin. And to tell you the truth, I mean, if I say I learned by him, it was sporadic. It was it wasn't like I was sitting by him, you know, twenty four seven. I I didn't have the time for that. I went up to your shalayim probably about once a week, and I I, uh, I hopped around a couple of shiurim. And he was very, you know, he was very good to me, and he did manage to teach me a lot of things which were absolutely completely mind bending. Okay, so I have that I have that ability to you know to take what you give me baruch hashem and 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 build on it a lot. And towards towards the end of our relationship, which was as it was kind of like the end of i mean he was turns out that he was very very sick i didn't know this he had lung cancer you know and then and then he got better or then a couple of years went by and then he died so he's uh you know uh, but anyway i'll call upon him i sat with him and i really had a question about this concept like like you know you have you have uh and where does how does this all fit together you know and and he looked at me with these tired eyes and he said he said uh, i guess you know he, he he said this in hebrew you know 
or in, in English, if you don't develop independent thinking, you're never going to go anywhere in this business. Okay. And, you know, I kind of realized he was sending me on my way. All right. In a, in, in a matter of speaking. Um, but in, in, in Kabbalah that nobody can give you a way out. You just have to trust, trust your instincts, trust your neshama, trust, Trust Hashem to show you the way. And that's why learning Kabbalah L'Shem Shemaim is such a critical thing, because if you're not learning it L'Shem Shemaim, then you have, that can definitely fall into an ego trap of one kind or another and just start making stuff up, um, which hopefully, you know, hopefully you wouldn't do. Yeah. I, one of the things that we know when we learn and we really roll up our sleeves and, and, and try to understand something is that we park our insecurities and our weaknesses someplace else because we we thirst for understanding. And when we learn Bakavrusa doing this, we expose ourselves. We're vulnerable. We say, look, I don't understand it. You know, this is really tough. I can't figure this out. Um, in, in, in many ways, you dismiss the mantle of authority that you have and you realize that this is a new challenge, which I don't know. Let's try. Maybe you can help me on this. Uh, and when you're studying with someone in such a manner, uh, like I say, you are vulnerable, and it's almost like you are you are say you are you are admitting your ignorance. That's a hard thing to do with your child. In other words, when you are um, uh, learning, is to is to try to figure stuff out together and teaching is figuring stuff out together that you need to uh, sort of show yourself as someone who doesn't have the answers, as someone who is, is in the dark. And that's something which I think people find difficult to do with the person like the child who has always looked when the, when, when the person was a baby, this, is, this guy has all the answers. It's 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 hard to to seem vulnerable, and 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 clueless. Let go of that in front of your child. You know, Although parental self image. That's right, and yeah, and, no, and hard. That's what I would say, and, and I think that might be another reason why teachers did not necessarily gravitate to their to their children. Although their children had the DNA and had the abilities innately, and they actually would send them to someone else. Uh, to study by. Not the same with son-in-laws, though. Son-in-laws, I think we have a rich, an incredibly rich tradition. I think it's all, it's, 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 it's beautiful and, and incredible the way pair, you know, uh, uh, fathers, fathers. Son the the son-in-law is probably a Talmud anyway before you introduce him to your daughter. It's true, but it almost it almost like enriches the relationship, and it's it's so beautiful when you see it. Whether it's Rev, you know Rebel Yoshev and 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 Rev Chaim Kanievsky in, in the past generation, or you're talking about you know um, the the Baal HaEshkol uh, and the Rivad, uh, or whoever it is, uh, you know Pinchas Ben Yar and Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, perhaps even. But 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 the point. I'll, but, talk, I'll talk about my I'll talk about my son-in-law. <laughs> He's a very exceptional person, by the way, and I'm I'm so happy that he married my daughter. That my daughter managed to really, really pick a pick a winner, um, you know. And uh, on a complete on a complete sidetrack, I would say, you know, if you want your daughter to marry a good person, okay, treat your wife the way that you would want your daughter to be treated by her husband, okay? Because that whole 
you know, anything that she witnesses in the family in the family system is going to get replicated at some point. So, but but you um, must enjoy. But you probably have a certain yeah. a certain unique enjoyment. There's enough intimacy there, but enough distance that great things can 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 happen when you're learning with with yeah, well, with your age. Well, my okay, my son, my son-in-law, by the way, I don't I don't really I don't really learn with him particularly, but. Um, you know, despite the fact that I'm like deeply entrenched in Kabbalah, he is. He went to uh, he went to Yeshiva University High School, and uh, he is avowed Maimonidean. Okay, so if it's not Maimonidean, he's not interested. Okay, but uh, I but uh, you know he asks me questions. You know, how would I understand this? How would I understand that? And and I, I try very hard to give him, you know, al al Rambam you know, pure, purely Maimonidean concepts, even if they don't think that the Rambam actually thought that, but at least, you know, I'm, there's no, no emanationism allowed, you know, so yeah. no chelakilukami mal allowed in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. But, but it's, it's, uh, look, first of all, it's great to be helpful. And so it's a schus to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to do that with, with, uh, you know, with members of my own family. So I'm very, I'm very pleased. Even exactly. Even but again, Kabul bu- is nowhere nearby. Yeah, the buffer, the knowledge that this is someone who shares, if not the same type of love, but is, is, but is, is united with you together in the love and concern you have for something else, which just makes, could even make the learning, uh, you know, even more yeah. uh, intense and beautiful. Uh, one last, you know, the last thing is something that you mentioned to me before, and this goes back to, you know, the, the system that you are, uh, you know, familiar with and 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 live within, and that of course is the system of the Kamarna. Um, we know that um, the the Kamarna Rebbe, the Hechel Abrocha, uh, uh, wrote a, wrote a parish on on Zohar. But you mentioned to me how his son's parish, the the Rebbe Eliezer, the Mesek Eliezer, is is very different. And and here you have a situation of. Uh, so again, here you have a, a, a father. Probably, I'm sure the Kamarna Rebbe was in some ways his 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 child's teacher in this. But the, if if one could maybe even say that their their derech and Kabbalah is quite different. Um, I would I would say so. I mean, all I can really base it upon is the is the commentaries to the Zoyer, which I try to work with both of them. And usually I I go first with Rabbi Eliezer Tzvi's domestic Eliezer because it's it is much more direct and simple. Even though it's a lot of subtlety to it, also you discover after a while that he that he really thinks very deeply about things. But he keep, but he tries to keep it simple. And as he once said about his commentary that any six year old could learn Zohar with my commentary, which is not true. <laughs> okay, that was that was an exaggeration. Uh, but but it's it's far it's far cry from from uh, from Zohar Chai by. Uh, uh, by his father, I'm, um, and uh, they, but they, one of the other things that occurs, especially when the parent has prominence uh, as a great teacher, uh, and then leaves this world, uh, then uh, the people who have who have, who have benefited so much, and and still want more or want to figure out. What did those cryptic statements mean? What did those writings really say? What would have been his opinion on something that is that that was just coming to the fore but wasn't yet written about? The 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 son many times could feel like he's overwhelmed, even though he had studied with his father. Uh, his ability to 
to branch out and to and to become that that independent thinker, even if is 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 truncated and sometimes completely eliminated because all that person is is you know Ava told us uh, Ava told us Yitzchak right Yitzchak uh, ben Avram right Ava we're not really Avram. interested in you Avram I your father would have said Avram Eilidas Yitzchak so you would think it's the Yitzchak story no but it's Avram Eilidas Yitzchak look how he looks he looks just like Avram. Um, I think that a, a phenomenon like that occurred with uh, someone who we just uh, uh, marked his first year at Seder, David Feinstein, Zechot Sadek Kodesh Lodrocha. Incredible, incredible person. And I think it's, uh, the year has only really increased people's appreciation of this person who was, in a way, the posek of America without people realizing it. But for, for most people who didn't understand uh, you know, how Psach HaLocha is working and being connected, People saw Rav David. Oh, he's going to be the arbiter of what Rav Moshe Feinstein really meant. You know, I, I spoke about Rav Moshe Tendler often in this, uh, in this, and he held about things. And I heard this from people who were close to both Rav Moshe and Rav David. That Rav David, he was an incredible Balmidos, incredible Onov. And like, you know, it was uh, Rav Yashiv called him the Stiller Goyin because he was so non-assertive. Despite the fact that if you really got him talking, you you know he he could let you know what he thought, but he wasn't out there to to, to push his flag. But he was frustrated. I have heard over the fact that people just wanted to know what was what was it that his august father what was the position that his father mm-hmm. held, what was the psak that his father would have said, what did his father really mean? And I think that even someone of such incredible midas as Reb David was frustrated in that. He he was his own thinker, his own Talmud Chacham. Um, and in some ways, he actually differed. He felt that the Hanhagas and Psach should be somewhat different. It's, 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 it's a subtle thing to be able to do that. The great ones, I think, uh, you know, Rabbi David even managed to, to push his way through in that way. But I think for, for most, especially you read in the present, even, even, even if you're inheriting something, from the past, which we are supposed to, and we're supposed to, you know, take what we get from from the Messiah. But the Messiah always exists in the present, and it, it exists for the people who are learning it in the present, which is why you don't necessarily have any control from beyond the grave over what somebody does with your Torah. And that's also something which uh, should give any give all of us a sense of humility in the bigger picture. You know, yeah, uh, and, and maybe, and we're, maybe not even, we're not we're not even the arbiter. We're not we're not the arbiters of our own Torah. We're not even the you know we can't even ultimately say the Torah that we learned and thought means. Okay, somebody else is going to have to figure that out, and yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, I I I, I and, and just Kabbalah that that they that they gave to each other, but it was also in the relationship between Rav Yeshaber Salvechik and his father, Rav Moshe. Um, and what I find striking about it is, is that he was in incredible pain over not having his father, although it allowed him to ascend to the, to the heights, I guess, of Torah scholarship and uh, influence in America as the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva University. If you read how he spoke about his father, he speaks about, you know, because his father, he considered his, his, his main teacher, who, who, he never got over the pain of loss. 
of that. He, mm-hmm. the Yorzeit Shiurim, he, he, and he talks about how he misses his father. And he, he it, it, it's, it, and of course, Torah meant so much to Rabbi Shaber of Boston. And, and he sees his father so much as that bridge to that other generation. He, he, he lived with the hollow within himself. And I think that's another danger sometimes of, of, of having your Rebbe as your parent. It, it, it almost mm-hmm. means that even if you could pull that trick where, it, where you, you actually become your own thinker, like Rav Yeshebert Salvechik became, and even if it means, uh, you know, and, 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 you don't, and you are able to both roll up your sleeves and sweat over something together, and you're not being, you know, and, 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 but when, when you lose that Rebbe, it, it, it impacts you in a way that you sometimes don't recover from. Because of, mm-hmm. of of how how intense that bond was, and that could be perhaps another reason why it doesn't seem to be the the, the normal path of of, of 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 transmission, and our transmission mm-hmm. Sarah, goes so much other way. All right, Ramnosan, I think we've uh, I think we've attacked this. We've and- dealt with this topic. Completely, I think. <laughs> okay, <laughs> completely be, as one could want. Yes, it should be a. a- Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.